for 11 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. And a great big December 26th good morning to you all. This is the second of three special holiday editions of Rosie on the House. I'm hoping that you had an absolutely fabulous Christmas yesterday and Hanukkah season and can all look forward to that new year of 2021 coming around the corner, baby. She's almost here. By the time we broadcast again next Saturday, it will be 2021. <laughs> 2020 is, be history, baby. This is our last 2020 broadcast right here. Put oh, it man. in the books. And, you know, speaking of the books, I don't remember how I stumbled across it this week, but I was trying to find some historical data. I'm like, you know, the, we don't have a Rosie on the House historian. A- anyway, uh, looking for old records of the broadcast, What do, do you know the f- official first date? Or what What even made you that date significant happen? How did it all come well, together? You know, Romy, I, we, in fact, do have the very first show I ever did recorded on a cassette deck so or a cassette cartridge. If you could find a cassette deck, you could play it. <laughs> um, and I'll tell I, you this. So I'm, I'm surprised to hear cassette. I, yeah. I would have thought it, that might have been long enough ago to be a track because um the it, commercials it <laughs> the commercials i st- i remember the commercials still being on a track up into the 90s yeah they were looped cart uh cart uh, numbers uh, yeah looped uh vhs and and whatever cartridges but uh you know we we started the show uh basically on a double dog dare back in the mid 80s and uh, I had gone to a home show in Atlanta about 1986 or 87, and I knew two men there, Rob and Bob. And they had the Rob and, Rob Bob, and Bob Saturday morning home improvement show. And I got to be friends with them, and they said, Rosie, you need to extend your stay uh, through the weekend and come down to the station with us. And uh, we think you'd, you'd do good with a show. Just come see how easy it is. So I went down to the station with them Saturday in Atlanta. And, and any idea what got them started doing it? I, I would not be able to recall that. Okay. I don't know. I'm just know. curious. Uh, but they made it look really, really easy. I thought, well. Anybody can do anybody that. Anybody can do this. So I slept on it for about a year and just kind of developed a conviction. One of the things those guys did was they protected the homeowners and the listeners from making mistakes or from being taken advantage of. And that just kind of that just kind of grew on me. I thought, you know, if in some way I could fulfill a role in a community like Arizona, which has so many transient contractors, service providers, and at the time, so many transient homeowners, uh, maybe that would be a, a worthy cause for the benefit of the community. 
So I went around to a couple radio stations and proposed my idea. And one of them actually put me on. And like I say, re-recorded that first one. And I wish I hadn't. I don't know why I ever, how I so, ever got invited back for week two. The producer recorded the broadcast or you pre-recorded the broadcast and played it recorded? No, no. It was a live it broadcast. It was live, but I can, somebody I, recorded it. Yeah. I can still remember leaving the studio like I had just gotten out of a shower. I was so drenched in nervous sweat. sweat. I thought I was—I thought the microphone was going to electrocute me, and I was afraid to push any of the buttons. I was literally dripping wet. But uh, I don't know that there was enough electricity in radio stations <laughs> then to, to electrocute you, because even the call screening was done on sticky notes, and yes, they were. Pay you, you would run in during the commercial break. To hand deliver all line force, you know, this caller with this question, line two, line three, and reshuffle, all right, who's still on hold? Oh. That was all that was all done on paper. Well, when we first started this show, as you're saying, we were in a studio where I would take one of six of my children, one of the six, with me every Saturday. And they were the designated message runner. And uh I mean now, at first it was you, Dan Beach. Was the call screener? Oh, fun! Detour Dan. Detour Dan Beach was the call screener. <laughs> I didn't remember and that. And he'd, he'd write down on the sticky notes, "It's Sarah on line two about whatever," and then he'd hand it to one of the kids, and then one of the kids would run in the studio with that sticky note, and I would just and, line them up. And you say six? You only had four when you started the broadcast. Well, okay, that's probably true. <laughs> so, and I think. You know, you're you, up to six now. Yeah, I came along through the. Or was Julia already born? And I can in in '88. Julia was, I think, born. Okay. So you have sweet, Je- six, sweet really. Jennifer could tell us that for sure. But I still remember the very first question I ever got on air was uh, from from a woman in the Arcadia area with a question about bamboo flooring, and I had never even heard of bamboo flooring. So it was very early in my broadcast career, like about 10 minutes into my broadcast career, I realized I was going to get a lot of questions I didn't know the answer to. So I better be prepared to be humble and be appreciative and be thankful that I could even be given the opportunity to share the information. And you know, Romy, it was only a couple years after we were on air, I could hardly walk into a hardware store to pick up something and give my credit card, and the receptionist would look at me and say, Rosie Romero? Ro- like, like Rosie from the Rosa. And then it would take me two hours to get out of the hardware store. I had to change my name on all my credit cards to just my initials. So that would happen less often. But it was because we showed up every week that pretty soon I started hearing from a lot of contractors, getting a lot of great information. And they would say, Rosie, your, your answer on that was pretty close. You, you were about 80% correct. But let me dial you into that final 20%. Here's the absolute correct way to answer that question. And pretty soon, we started collecting all that information. And we became like a repository for all the best homeowner advice for Arizona homeowners put together in one place. And that was all kept in a shelf in the back of the office in three-inch, three-ring binders. And the shelf kept getting longer and longer and longer. And then you graduated high school, 
moved away to live with my grandparents for a little while in South Louisiana and came back and said, uh, Dad, the internet machine was invented for all this. <laughs> and that's not entirely accurate, because I remember um, Mad Dog putting that website together for you when I was still in high school. But we didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> no, this is true. <laughs> we had no idea what to do with it. I, I was It was still a big mystery to me. All I knew is Al Gore built it. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> well, no, see, well, I, say, I, I think you went on in 96, because I remember that from researching the domain. On the, on the internet machine? Yeah. I, that claim of inventing the internet came like four years later oh. after that, maybe even five. Okay. <laughs> Well, since the early days, we've done a little tabulating, and 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 um, it, it's pretty humbling. But we have over four thousand hours of broadcasting a home improvement show in the state of Arizona since the beginning. And if we can assume over all the years that we're answering about three questions an hour. Now, is that call-in strictly or? No, yeah, that's that's the get on the air. Okay. Because there's, cause there's twice There's a lot that, more yeah. we answer. There's twice text, that many. That email. Never, one, three, twice that many that call in during a show that just never even get on air. Yeah, so this but is three on-air calls. Three, yeah. Okay. So. Per hour. We, that tells me we've answered about 12,000 call-in questions live on air in 32 years. We've published over 1,000 newspaper articles throughout the state. And we could probably retire if we got a dollar from everyone that said they were going to call in with an impossible question. Do you, do you ever run into that? I, oh. I got that all the time for years. I'm going to call in and say this. I'm going to call in. They never follow through on that. <laughs> well, one, one woman did. I, I, I still remember many, many times being stumped. But I did get a call from a woman in Chandler, and this is early, early on in the broadcast. And she said, Rosie, I'd, I'd like to do a kitchen remodel, and I'd like the tile on the countertop to be the color the sky was yesterday at sunset. I did not know what to say. <laughs> I remember, I remember a, a, another woman calling me from Tempe at one time. She wanted to know what color to paint her front door. But I, I, and I'm not talking real calls. I'm talking like people you run into or that you, you meet. Oh, you're the guy on the oh, radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, oh, I'm going to call in and, you know, I'm going to, you know, intentionally try and stump you on air. Just from people you meet, not, yes, we get stumped on the air quite frequently. I'm talking about people that are like, that you Challenging. meet. And yes. And they, they never follow through. Well, being a, being a city of engineers with all the engineering firms we've got in town, you know, the Motorola's and the whatnots, uh, and Garrett Air Research, I always suspected, and Jennifer always suspected, that there'd always be people gunning for us. But uh, And the engineers are funny. They, we get long letters from them sometimes. And following their letter and their reasoning, it, it you can see how it makes perfect sense. But more often than not in those times, when you bring it into real life, it's not the same thing. And so, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many engineers haven't gone to super cooling just because they can't physically <laughs> make it make sense on paper yet. 
More when we get back. Rosie on the House, the holiday edition. Thank you all for tuning in. And welcome back. There was a time there in our 30th anniversary, we kind of got into a, a little something like your every Arizona homeowner's best friend since 1988 or something like that, or an Arizona tradition for 30 years. One thing I've noticed we're not good at is, is catchphrases and self-promoting. And I listen <laughs> to other radio programs, and the host always says their name every single segment. Um, th- there are some great self-promoters out there, one that comes to mind. Um, Dave Pratt, the morning mayor. I mean, he's he's the king at self-promoting. I've just never been able to do that or catch on any catchphrases. And when I'm looking at putting together a radio program, you know, there's only so many words that you can fit into a segment. And I just don't like chewing those up with talking about what I'm going to talk about later. Well, then just talk about it. <laughs> Let's just get into uh, these, those stringers drive me nuts. Or <laughs> repeating your name five, six, seven times. You listen to that on a podcast, and it's obnoxious. It's like, I get it. All right, fine. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and just just showing up every Saturday uh, for thirty over 30 years, credibility. No one has showed up at the station protesting that I'm on air because the information well, I'm giving out is 2020 is not over yet. <laughs> don't yeah, don't right. give anyone any ideas. <laughs> but, but Romy, as best I can figure, in those 4,000 hours of broadcasting and in the 32 years we've been on the show, we've given about 1 million contractor service referrals on the air. Through the uh, com- through the content of the show, through the commercial inventory of the show, but primarily through the internet and phone calls all during the week, over one million referrals, and our review, third party review, establishes the satisfaction rate on those one million at a ninety seven percent satisfied, and one hundred percent would recommend Rosie on the house. That's a pretty humbling statistic, but it's about showing up. And let me, let me just share with y'all uh, a, a behind the curtain view. And I, I think that million's probably conservative. Do you? If, if you break it down, if you divide it first by 32 years and then by 52 weeks, that's 600 uh, a week referral wise and that's light the, uh, there's that's light. <laughs> there's times we'll get done with the broadcast yeah. and the host that we've had on whatever trade specialty service contractor provider they'll almost have 600 inquiries by themselves well, we'll have to reassess that number thank you for double checking it you've always been my numbers guy for sure but just recently just in this past year this crazy year of 2020 we have a homeowner kind of in the north-central part of Phoenix, uh, who is a single woman, uh, and she's a librarian. And she was having a dilemma at her home. And she's a longtime listener. So she called several Rosie on the House certified professionals to get there and take a look at it. And she called me after a couple weeks of investigating and said, I'm a little exasperated. I've had three of your contractors out with two very distinct, different opinions 
what's a homeowner to do? And I said, well, you're, call me. Uh, and that's exactly what you did. Let me come over and take a look at those proposals, take a look at the situation, and see what maybe some of my experience might not be able to help the situation. So I met her. I got all the proposals from all the Rosie on the House certified partners. They were all excellent recommendations. But then I got back to the office and I conference called all three of them. And we put our heads together to the point where we were actually writing notes and drawing pictures and asking each other questions. And in the course of that phone call conversation, one of the guys said, I got it. I know what's wrong. So when he shared his idea and his conviction, we all agreed. Why couldn't we all see that? But it was a matter of all of us putting our heads together. So we called the homeowner, went back out there and made a repair. And it was a repair to the waistline at her home. And we'd sent a camera down that waistline at least a half a dozen times. But every time at one section, there was standing water. And we could never really get the view we needed in that one section. It's like I had a little belly dip in it. The idea that cinched the deal, he says, the bottom of that pipe is rusted. There's a root intrusion in the bottom of the pipe. That's why the water's standing. That's why when the camera gets there, we can never see what's wrong with the system. So we went to the house. We dug the line up. And sure enough, there was a root intrusion through the bottom of the rusted out pipe. And we were able to put in a root barrier, replace the line, and then line the entire system. And I was especially grateful that all of my partners were willing to put their heads together for the benefit of that Arizona homeowner. And, you know, if she hadn't gotten in touch with us and given us that opportunity, she might still be fighting that problem. But I'm just tickled to death. We, all of us, the team at Rosiana House, had a part of removing her fears, her anxieties, and her unsolved problems. Thank you, Arizona homeowners, for giving us the chance to continually do that. Welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to Rosie on the House this day after Christmas of the year 2020. Adios, baby. Glad to see you are in the rearview mirror. We're talking a little bit about... Uh, how grateful we are here at Rosie on the House for having been on air for 32 years and just what that has meant to us. Uh, I was telling Romy uh, last segment that I've recently listened to the very first broadcast I ever did, and I can't believe the, the station manager ever let me back on the property, and I certainly can't believe you Arizona homeowners have been so patient with me and my learning curve on how to answer your questions. One of the first things I learned is don't answer the first question. Just keep digging deeper and deeper and deeper because I, someone will ask me a question. I'll just presume before they even finish the sentence, I know. And so it's taught me to be a little bit more patient, ask a couple more questions, and get it out. You know, what started as a show, I'd show up one hour, answer 
10, 12, or 13 questions, one at a time, has really grown. All of us here at Rosie on the House owe you, the Arizona homeowners, a big debt of gratitude for the growth. And the growth is really hard to measure because you never know exactly how many people are listening to a radio broadcast at any given minute. That's actually one of the things I still I, I like about radio. Uh, a lot of media companies and advertisers and buyers, they, they want the specifics and numbers. And there is a radio rating system that is just a really a, a guessing game because there's nothing that returns a signal to the radio. You're listening on a receiver. You're not transmitting anything. I don't know if Joe's listening on his car. I don't know if Steve's listening on his house on those radio. But with the coming of the digital age, there are additional things. A lot of people stream, so that gives you some indication on mobile devices. But even uh, that, there's a lot of flaws, and you know you can't identify exactly how many specific people are listening on a stream. You could have one IP address in an office building that could have you know, thousands of people inside of it. One person could be streaming it or 500 people could be streaming it and you don't know because a lot of the tracking isn't necessarily bandwidth. Oh. I mean, there's there's so many layers, but that's one, as a consumer, that's one great thing about radio is you can turn it on and you don't have to worry about ever coming back and being bombarded. They're not like, planting cookies in your <laughs> in your radio, <laughs> right, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, I can it's still remember. a very private consumption of, uh, of oh, information. I, I like that. I like that a lot. I can remember it wasn't that long ago, six or seven years ago. We were at one of our annual reviews with one of the broadcasting bigwigs. And he said, Rosie, if I could recommend one thing, one change. You've got to get a mobile app for Rosie on the House. So I just shook my head, yes. We left the meeting. Romy and I got in the truck, and I said, what's that? <laughs> I didn't even know what he was talking about. And uh, we started going down that line um, of, of developing our own until we found a software. You've likely heard us talking about it, and we'll get to that. But some of the other things that we do have on the digital side of things where we do have tracking numbers. Now, we don't sell any of this. We don't provide it to any any personal information. When they ask us, how many subscribers do you have to your newsletter? We'll tell them we've got about 15,000. But we don't tell them who they are, what those addresses are. You know, we'll just report on bounce rate, open rate, click-throughs, but no specific individual information. And we started an email newsletter at about 2004 using a software called Microsoft Publisher, I think. And the individual that started that newsletter for us, we picked up was at the Walter Cronkite School of Broadcast Journalism at ASU, was doing intern hours at KTAR and eventually came to work for us doing the newsletter. And we were doing a lot more remotes then. Oh, uh, that was Delin. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yes, and then we were on that platform until uh, we got switched to Constant Contact, and then uh, then we went to um, Don't look at Exact me. Target, exact, exact Target, and then went back to Constant Contact, went to Eye Contact, and then we found Fire Drumming because they were based locally in Arizona. We were trying to get as much of our vendors and our uh, 
suppliers as local as we could. So we've been with Fire Drum now, I, I think at least five years, and, and that has actually been, and my experience from all those different platforms, the best platform for newsletter. Now I haven't been on any of those other ones in a long time, uh-huh. and I'm sure they've increased their usability. But Fire Drum, absolutely, when we came to them, was blowing away the functionality for any other I newsletter service. At our weekly staff meeting, when Delenn was ecstatic and beside herself that we had hit 1,000 subscribers, and that was after about six or seven months. Do you know last week we had over 18,000 subscribers that want our newsletter every single week? And as best we can tell, our email weekly newsletter, and you have to ask for it. You have to ask to be subscribed to it. We've distributed about 7.8 million Rosie on the House newsletters. And I say to Arizona homeowners, but there's some, there's some guy in Essex Junction, Vermont, that, that gets everything we do. I, I'm going to call him one day and say, what's your gig, buddy? Probably a snowbird. <laughs> you know, somebody that had lived here. We get people that have lived in Arizona and moved somewhere else but still stream the program just because it's part of their Saturday morning weekend routine. And occasionally we do get calls from them in other parts of the country. And, you know, building is so regional and, uh, you know, a, a lot of times we're not necessarily able to help, but it's, that's, that's, I'm guessing explains Essex Junction is he either lived here or he still has a home in both states. 7.8 million Rosie on the house, newsletter deliveries. That that's humbling. That that, well, that that should be every man, woman, and child in the state of Arizona. Are aren't we right at about seven million in the state of Arizona? Now homeowners could, could should quit making all the mistakes they're making trying to fix their house, um, listening to bad advice. <laughs> well, remember, that's sent, and we're sending uh, yes, some to the yes. same emails over and over again. But I see what your point is. And I do you – know, that's a fraction of what our website traffic gets. We, we're hovering around the 40,000 monthly page views and around 35,000 unique visitors. And I, I, I just looked at that, Romy, and 40,000 is an old number. We're, we're like – like from about a year ago – we're like at close to 60,000 a month. We're going to hit 700,000 hits in this year alone. The crazy year. <laughs> the cra- well, 2019 was 680,000. You know, it would make sense that it was up because everything is up uh, yeah. from, from last year, from what we've seen as it relates to housing with people at home more, getting more stuff done around their home or making adjustments to their lifestyle based on whatever happened at work or um, their their individual case or grandma coming home to live at the house as well, whatever whatever the case may be. Or a college graduate coming back to the house to live. (laughs) Your generation's doing it as much as my parents' generation, (laughs) or they have been. I guess now they're they're moving out is the is the word I'm hearing lately with interest rates the way they are and home values the way they are and rent getting so expensive it doesn't make sense you might as well just buy. So but that's that's humbling but 
it's what we're grateful for. Um, getting that kind of information out is what drives us at the Rosie on the House team every week to do everything we can to make sure the information we're giving out is as accurate and as up-to-date for you, the Arizona homeowner, as possible. You know, speaking out of state, I got a phone call from somebody last week wanted to know about a basement flooding issue. And we talked and talked and talked and talked, and I kind of came to the conclusion, well, he's got to be somewhere in Yavapai or Coconina County, the way he's talking. And so I said, well, tell me what community you're in, and I think I can probably give you a couple guys that can come out and check it out. He was calling from Maryland. <laughs> and, you know, that seems to be more popular with YouTube. Are oh. The search engine itself, they seem to do a pretty good job regionalizing your content. Like if you type in, you know, basement, flooded basement, it takes into account where your IP address is and tries to bring your regional search results. I... I think through all the suggestions on YouTube, it's more topic-based driven than it is location-based because we most of our YouTube views are not local, where majority of our website views are local. If you look at the geolocation for YouTube, that's a, a, an extremely global platform for us, and I think we're at uh, we're, we're, we've got to be close to 400,000 views. We've got more. one. Just a little more. And and there's two dominant videos that is 90% that. of those. But once you get one video that – I wouldn't say it's gone viral, but it's got a substantial amount of views. They start – you know, all your other videos seem to start growing faster as well too. Well, we're going to have a lot more do-it-yourself videos I like that, that go along with our weekly to-dos going forward in the future. That'll just be part of, you know, for a long time we were resisting it just because video production takes so long. People are like, why aren't you guys doing TV? I'm like, you know how long it would take to do a three-hour TV program? Oh, gosh. Oh, man. It, so, but then this concept of videos, like, well, I don't want to put anything together that's not professionally done and to put together a professional video studio when you're looking at some serious investment well maybe 10 years ago but now with how well the video cameras even even the production value some of these smartphones can have you know we've broken that i've broken that mindset that we need a big expensive studio to do video no we just need good lighting and good content so the video will come and time and and, and time <laughs> and and this is just added on as another service you know we're eventually you know we first started at radio then we added the newsletter then we added the website or the website then the newsletter and video you know what what digital platform comes next well you're a lot more camera friendly than me so it just came at the right time You know, going into that commercial break, the talk about what's coming next, well, I think a lot of it all revolves around Homesada, and I think it's going to be a great spot 
for us to centralize all of our content as well. The way the platform's laid out, it's a software we licensed three, maybe four years ago for the state of Arizona. We had started building a home maintenance app, and we found that this company actually found us and said, we think we've got something that your users can really uh, accept. And the more we played with it, we're like, you know, this is... And, 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 I could we even, and I could even figure it out. <laughs> and where we were getting stuck is we didn't know how to build it. And we didn't even know how to go find the right people to build it. People were building websites then. They weren't building apps yet. So, And it's an all-in-one way to organize and manage your home paperlessly. It really helps you plan and learn and manage your home. And I think it's going to be a great tool connecting the next generation to home ownership on, you know, We've got a, the next generation are coming up with parents and, and, and now even grandparents that don't have hammers, didn't have tape measures. You know, they were desk jobs, you know, the third generation desk jobber now. <laughs> and a little clueless, a little lost, what am I supposed to do? And I, I really feel this tool is going to be a big key and part of the future, but all the content we have will event, you know, all get centralized between these softwares talking to each other. It's there's there's a lot of a lot of aspects to Rosie on the house, and it's grown dynamically uh, as we've had smart enough people take the content and the information. Not it's just in my head. I I Rosie Romero never wanted to have the reputation of being the expert. Or the professional. But I don't mind being the facilitator of the right information. If I could just hold that title, I'd be fine. And I think that would be uh, worthy of trying to become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Um, I don't know it all. You, and and, and you all know that. You've heard me say, I don't know. I'll find out. And we get into that very often. But I'll tell you one thing, Romy. Uh, in expressing all of our gratitude to the listeners, to the email subscribers, to the folks that have been to the website, the people that have been to YouTube and watched the videos. Uh, Just a great big thank you. And that just reaffirms to us we're doing something right. Now, if I could just figure out a way to make a piece of the financial pie that we've saved Arizona homeowners by one concept called super cooling. <laughs> and we 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 were introduced an idea? we were introduced that idea by a good friend Mr. Steve Kep. And I said, "Well, Steve, that sounds pretty weird to me, but I'll try it." And I tried it at my house and I couldn't believe the results. I tried it at some rental property we had. I couldn't believe the results. And so we started Casually mentioning people should try this. Some were brave, stepped right out and uh, out of the boat <laughs> in a walk of faith and, and jumped in. Others have taken years to convince it really works. But when the utility companies started sending it out as a recommended strategy <laughs> in their newsletters, I knew we had hit on something. And if I could just get a tenth of every kilowatt that is saved by the utility companies in Arizona. Um, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> Holy moly, baby. But regardless of that, we will continue 
doing what we have tried to do for the last 32 years. We will try to show our appreciation for your loyalty by only providing you the most accurate, the most up-to-date, and the most local pertinent information. Owning a home in Arizona is different than owning a home in the Midwest, the Northwest, the Southeast, or the Far North. It's different here. And all of my building experience, with the exception of two years in the in the Gulf Coast, have all been right here in the state of Arizona, building and remodeling homes in Flagstaff, right there west of the Civic Center on Birch Street, to Wikiup, Arizona, to Ehrenberg, Arizona, to Alpine, Arizona, Nutrioso, Arizona, many projects down in Tucson, and uncounted projects in Maricopa County area. We continue doing it what I have humbly heard referred to as the Rosie Wright way. And it's Rosie only because we've been able to accumulate under that name all the expert advice from the best of the best in the entire state. And that information just happens to live at rosieonthehouse.com, which every Arizona homeowner needs to consider their free resource of information, which is an encyclopedia of information about owning a home in Arizona. I don't know what easier way I can describe it. And it's free. It's available 24-7. It's on the internet machine. And it's called rosyonthehouse.com.